You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all look to you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. I will praise the Lord and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. Schweitzer. Um, my name is Krista Rosenbaum, and I am the coordinator of outreach here. And in January, I started my journey to become a pastor here. So several months ago, Bob asked if I would like the opportunity to preach here for the first time. And I was so excited because I had been waiting for that moment for a while. So without hesitation, I went, yes, yes, thank you. And I said yes so quickly, I forgot to even ask what the message I would be giving was. And so um, for my friends that know me most, I have not hid the way I feel about one particular book in the Bible. Um, I have never been able to connect with this book. It's never resonated with me. Um, In fact, I had told David Freeman a few weeks earlier that we should just get rid of it altogether out of the Bible because I just didn't see why it was there. And that's the book of Psalms. And I should have known better because, of course, God has a sense of humor. And that's, of course, the message that Bob asked me to give was on one of the books of Psalm. And so um, God did that completely intentionally. I should have never questioned that because it has opened up a whole new world for me with the book of Psalms. I have taken on a whole new appreciation for it. 
and really began to enjoy it, and the words have become alive during this series. It has been wonderful. Um, So this morning, we're going to look at Psalm 145, and before we can really talk about Psalm 145, I think we need to know why it's so important to this church and to Schweitzer. And so we have five attributes that make up Schweitzer, if you didn't know, and those are um, engaging worship, caring hearts, community outreach, deeper discipleship, and all generations. And the all generation part of that comes from Psalm 145. Um, Back in 2012, that verse spoke into Bob's life, and that is why it is part of Schweitzer. And that comes from verse 4, actually, and it says, One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They tell of your mighty acts. Who is the they that they're referring to? Well, later on, um, we find out David is the one who wrote this, And every time he says they, he's referring to the generations. So verse 5 says, they speak of your glorious splendor, of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and and I will proclaim your great deeds. And then he says, they celebrate your abundant joyfulness and sing of your righteousness. So every time he's saying they, he's telling us what we need to be speaking into the next generation. Well, talking about generations um, made me begin to reflect on people that have spoken into my life. And I've been very blessed to have such wonderful women come alongside me here at Schweitzer. Um, This is a group of women that have been mentoring me for the last several years. And I'm going to take a little bit of time just to talk about one of them, and that's Patty Hunt, and she's in the blue there. And see, I needed somebody to come alongside me in life to teach me, to teach me how to pray, how to worship, how to have faith, how to go through God's truth and his word. I needed somebody to come alongside me and do that. And Patty has been that person. For the last six years, she's been mentoring me, and more recently has become my spiritual guide here at Schweitzer. And so um, through that, Patty has been such a faithful, praying, compassionate woman. Um, And that's what David is telling us in this psalm. He's telling us that we need this community around us. We need people to speak into our life, but we also need people that we are speaking into their life. I'm a, visual, I'm a visual learner, and so I kept going back to, um, we're called to be kind of this person in the middle, to have somebody speaking into our life and to speak into other people's lives. And I can't think of a better place or representation of that here at Schweitzer but the Life Change Plan. So for those of you who don't know, the Life Change Plan is a one-year discipleship program that we have here. And we have mentors and participants And the mentors, really, their lives are being changed because they have somebody that they're able to share faith with. And the participants' lives are being changed because they finally have someone to go to to ask these hard questions when they don't know what to do. They have a friend in faith to come alongside them and guide them. And so not only is David talking about, when he talks about the generations, our children and our grandchildren, but he's talking about the next generation of believers, the next generation of followers. And so in the life change plan, what we have going on now 
is we have several people that have graduated um, and are still here within our church community, but now they are mentoring new participants in the life change plan. They're rising up this new generation of believers, and it's a beautiful thing to watch and see. Don't be discouraged if you taking a quick inventory of your life and you're saying, I don't feel like I have a mentor that's coming alongside me or somebody I can look to. There are so many different ways here at Schweitzer to find that. We have the life change plan. We have bands. We have spiritual guides, CD groups. There are so many different ways to get a mentor here. So I would encourage you to pray for that, but then be more intentional and ask one of the pastors here where you can get plugged in and what's the best fit for you to get a mentor to come alongside you because it will be life-changing. Um, Patty has been helping me um, prepare for my message here. And a few weeks ago, she came into my office and she brought a book about King David. And she just began to read to me. And she started off with the story of David and Goliath. And I had heard that story before, so nothing really stuck, you know, stood out to me. But then she came to a part that the author, I think, had a lesson worth remembering, and I'm just going to read an excerpt from the book. It says, winning victories is extremely significant. Remember them. Where do you keep your memories? Do you quickly pass over the victories? Break that habit. God doesn't waste victories. When he pulls something off that only he can do, he says, now don't you forget that. In the Old Testament times, God had his people pile up huge stacks of stones as reminders of his winning various victories on their behalf. Those stones of remembrance were to remain for all to see and remember. And then he goes on to say that these piles of stones would be passed down through the generations to mark God's victories. And as I was listening to that, I wanted to go back through the Old Testament and look where that had happened. And it comes up in several places. But one of those places is in Joshua chapter 4. And God cuts off the water of the Jordan. And so the Israelites are able to cross safely. But then after everybody's crossed, God commands them to take up stones from the dry ground and pile them on the shore. And these stones would stand there as a reminder to the generations what God's victory had done and what he had done in that place. So that made me begin to wonder, if I had a pile of stones for all the victories that God had won in my life, what would my pile look like? What would yours look like? I began to contemplate that. What would it mean to my children to know all the victories that God had had in my life? Then I started to think about that and trying to count my victories and meditate on my victories. And, you know, I think in the moment when God moves something in my life, when he opens a door or a mountain is moved or um, he answers a prayer, I am very quick to praise him and say, God, you are so wonderful. Thank you for doing that. But what I'm not so good at is remembering it. I quickly pass over those victories. And as I was thinking about that and thinking about sharing those victories here today, I got a phone call from um, 
a lady who runs the Dallas Conference, Methodist Conference. And see, I had been praying to go to pastor school before the end of the year was up. And I had been checking in all schools across the country, and um, just nothing was available. I was either too late or the school was passed already, and so nothing was able to open up for me. And so I just thought, okay, God, it's not the timing. I need to wait till next year. And I was at peace with it. But then I got this call from the lady from the Dallas conference, and she said that they had an opening in their school and that it would be at the end of July and the beginning of August. And so I began to ask more questions and get, start getting excited. And so I said, well, what's, what's the actual address of this? So I ran over to Google, of course, and I typed in the address. And in looking at it, I think, wow. Tears began to roll down my cheeks. Because you see, that school is about 10 minutes away from my sister's house. And me and this sister are very, very close. But here in the last few months, we've had a rocky relationship. And so I had been intentionally every night praying for healing in that relationship, for time to be able to spend with her, for the right words to be spoken. And see, I knew in that moment, only my God can take this entire picture and see it all. He could see that I wanted to go to licensing school, and he knew that I needed healing in that relationship. He was able to take both of those prayers and answer them at the exact same time. And so, see, I was able to call my sister and tell her about this licensing school. And for 16 days, she's going to be able to be blessed with my presence in her home. <laughs> but I also remembered in this message where I fall short and going over God's victories so quickly and forgetting them. And I thought, okay, God, that was your victory. How do I not forget it? How do I pass that down to the next generation? So I quickly ran upstairs to my kids, of course, playing video games, and they could tell that I was noticeably shaken. My tears were still coming down. And I said to them, I want you to know how great your God is. I want you to know that he works everything for our good, that he has the whole picture in mind, and that he answers prayers. And then I told them the story. They knew I was waiting to go to licensing school. They knew the condition of me and my sister's relationship. And I was so thankful to be able to share that moment with them that I know that I will not forget that victory. And I will intentionally, the next victory that comes up, I will do something to mark that occasion because I will not forget these victories anymore. But I was so happy to be able to share that with my children. And they're actually going to be able to come with me to licensing school and be able to spend time with their aunt and cousin. See, a couple of years ago, um, I met... Uh, the author of The Circle Maker, Mark Batson. And uh, if you haven't read The Circle Maker, it's a pretty prominent Christian book. It's a very good read. 
But in the book, he starts talking about when he was a six-year-old little boy, he was able to go and stay the night with his grandfather. And as his grandfather would go to bed at night, he would remove his hearing aids. And then after he would remove his hearing aids, he would begin to pray. Well, he would pray so loud that the entire house could hear it. And even as a six-year-old little boy, he remembers what an impact that had on him, hearing his grandfather pray for him. And as he grew up, he continuously wondered, what would the condition of my soul look like if I didn't have all of those prayers that went before me? If I didn't have my grandparents and my parents praying for me? And so that made me think, and that brought up this psalm, because that's what David is telling us to do, is to pray for the next generation, to guide them along. And so every night I pray for my children. I pray for the wives that they will marry. I pray for my grandchildren. Um, In fact, even when the nights are really long, I pray for my great-grandchildren. And so that's a ways away, thank goodness. But I felt like I have to be intentional to pray for them. See, many people at Church of the Center, they believe in generational curses. And several months ago, I would have said, I, I don't know that I believe that. But now, without a doubt, I do. And we have to be intentional about teaching our kids the truth. We have to be intentional about feeding their soul and bringing them along. See, at the end of this psalm, it shows us what the truth is. In verse 17, it says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him and all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him but all the wicked he will destroy. destroy. Know that truth. truth. Teach it to the next generation. generation. Feed their souls souls with that truth. truth. Thank Thank you.